0: Awesome. Very good. Brilliant. Thank you, Lord. It was great. Yesterday I had the the privilege of being at a busty party where there were some Scottish people and all of a sudden I heard my bro get broader. It was great. I loved it. (laughs) It's funny, eh? As soon as you get in around, it's funny. In family, when you start getting around people like you, you start to speak like them. So the kingdom of... God is like family fan. When you get around us, you start to realize you're winners, eh? It's cool. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Holy Spirit of God, we just thank you that you are in us. It's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that lives inside of us and lives inside of me. So we stand on resurrection ground this morning because Jesus is alive. And for that spirit that lives in me, I am, through the power of the spirit, going to preach a powerful and amazing word because you are a great loving father. Thank you, Jesus. And everyone said... That means you're all in agreement with what I just said. Isn't that amazing? The power of promise. Wow, what an amazing message Reuben preached last week. Power of promise. The promises of God are so powerful. I was brought up in Scotland. You probably never guessed that, but I was. I grew up in Scotland. And we have some harsh winters in Scotland. And the day when I grew up, you never had a chance to feel sorry for yourself because your mother got you up and you walked to school. And so I had to walk to school two miles, come rain, hail, sunshine, snow. And one day I had to walk to school. I was feeling miserable, got my wellies on as we call them. That's gumboots in this country. And I trudged to school through Thick snow, blizzards. By the time I got to school, I was so cold, I was freezing. I got in, and it was an old building, this school. It had these old radiators that's like probably a modern central heating, but it was hot. And I come in, freezing cold, and all these prefects were warming their bottoms on these pipes. And I was brassed off because I was freezing my hands, I tell you what, like frostbite, it is cold. And I'm thinking, that is so not fair. And all of a sudden, it was like temptation was right there before me. I have no idea why a water gun happened to be right there in the winter, when it wasn't even sunny, and I thought, I can get rid of these prefects. So I walked to the girls' toilets, filled the water gun up with freezing cold water, and I just went down the whole lot of them. And they screamed, and they went, and off they ran. And I got to warm my body boot on the pipe. But not for long. Because the principal was told about my little escapade, and he says, Ruth, in my office now. And I'm like, oh, shamed, walking into the office. And I get a lecture from him. And as all kids do, I promise I'm going to be good. Please don't tell my dad. I want to tell you this morning the power of promise. that It never lasted long, by the way, on my promise. I'm here to tell you about one who is so amazing. He fulfills every promise that he set out to do. And as I was talking to the the father, I was just talking to my dad in heaven about this. He said, Ruth, I want you to look at the first promise that I gave in the Bible. So we are going to go to Genesis. And my earthly dad was a great teacher of the Word of God. And he used to say, when you come to understand the Scriptures, Ruth, in the chapter, in the context, I want you to always think of why, what, and where. Just three things like that. So we're going to look at why, what, and where for the first promise in the Bible. And it's going to come up on the screen, Genesis. So if you know the story, in Genesis... The serpent God had created, Adam and Eve, the, uh, a snake, to Eve. That was Satan, came in the form of uh, a snake, came to Eve, and he sowed seeds of doubt to her. Then she told her husband about it, and together they disobeyed God. Sin entered into the world. From then on, mess. And so this is the first promise That God gave. This is one of the first acts of grace that God said. And you know it's for our benefit. But he said it to the snake, which I think is interesting. And he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Right there, the first thing that God did when this problem came was give them a promise. And you think that your life is messy? Well, guess what? God has a promise for the mess that you might be going through. What was the devil about then? This is the, what he was doing. Do you know that God had just created family? Family. And he wants, this is the devil wants, to divide and conquer family. He was attacking everything that God had designed in the beginning to influence and make a difference in his world was family. We are, even as when you come into the family of God, that's it. It's all the kingdom of God is about a family family. And the devil came to attack what God had set out to change and influence the world was what he used was family. So Adam and Eve sinned. The first thing that God did when there was a problem was give them a promise. So amazing. So amazing. And how do we know that even before The promise was given. He already had that planned out. Because there's another scripture that is coming up, and it's found in 1 Peter 1, verse 18 to 20. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life. By the way, the sinful life is an empty way of life. It is depressing. It is horrible. And... There's something so much better. And it was handed down to you from your ancestors. That's Grandpa Adam and Grandma Eve. But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, he was chosen before the creation of the world. So before there ever was a problem, God had a plan. And I can tell you that before you even start to think about all the problems that you've been going through lately, guess what? your dad has a plan for you. So good. God promised that through the seed of a woman, there would be one who would come and crush the head of Satan. This is the first promise of a Savior and the first great act of God's grace after our tragic act of disobedience. Wow, what an amazing promise. And I want to tell you that it doesn't stop there because hundreds of years were waiting for this promise. And I'm sure they kept saying, when is this promise going to be fulfilled? Is he there? Are you there, God? Do you ever hear? Do you listen? I'm going through this problem and I need to see my Redeemer. And the Redeemer was coming. God always has solutions before we make the mess. Life is better together. That's one of our slogans or captions for our um, life groups and I can tell you that in the beginning that God created family there is power in numbers because what the devil tried to divide and conquer he failed and we know that because in the beginning when we read the whole creation of how God said it is good it is good he made Adam he said it is good do you know that he actually said that something was not good when you get to chapter 2, this is what it says. It says there in Genesis chapter 2 something that was not good. And it says, it was not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Right there is family. God knew that Adam needed a family member. He needed family God uses family to change the world for good. And right there, there's promises all through that for family. But when sin comes in, like I went into that principal's office, my head was hanging down and I knew I was in trouble, sin will always leave you feeling shamed. But even God's grace, when you read the creation story, what did He do with Adam and Eve? It said He covered them. God, your Heavenly Father, is always about covering your shame. He does not name and shame. He is so good to us. And even, you know, it's so funny like when things come in, you know, when we have disputes in family what happens often is we start the blame game. And that's what Adam did. He actually, when God says, what have you done? Adam said, well, it was the trouble that you gave me. Double trouble. (laughs) My husband never blames me. Never, ever. (laughs) No, he doesn't. Adam actually says to God, well, it's the woman that you gave me. She was the trouble. she told me and I just did it. And then the woman, what did the woman do? She says, well, it was the serpent. You know, this is what sin does. It will try and blame everyone else, but take responsibility for our actions. And I just think God's grace is so good because even before we had been redeemed from the law by Jesus coming, do you know what happened in the Old Testament? When someone sinned, they had to come to the priest who represented God. The priest would, you might think, would, not you again, Ruth, you idiot. You were here two days ago. What are you doing back here now with your sacrifice? Did he do that? No, he didn't. He actually, if I was coming and I had sinned and I brought the sacrifice, he never pointed the finger, but he took the sacrifice, he looked at the sacrifice, and he went, it's good. It's good. That's what Jesus came to do. He was the perfect sacrifice for what happened right here in the beginning. When the enemy, the devil, tried to rob us of Our freedom in Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Life is so much better together. And really what Eve and Adam did there, they listened to the devil through the sowing seeds of doubt. So in other words, they didn't listen to God's word, they listened to the devil And why is that important to us now to listen to God? Because God has commands and promises all through this word that he wants you to listen to. Because you might start to think, oh, the the enemy might come along, the devil, and he'll say, ah, it's taking too long. I don't think he loves you. Nah, it's not going to happen. You're dreaming. He said, he's healing you. Why do you think he's going to heal you? Look at you. Who are you? And you start to believe the lie instead of the truth of God's word is, I am walking in no condemnation because of the perfect sacrifice so I can be healed because his promise says so. So important to speak the truth of God's word out in your life. Wow. Wow. And it says regularly in the Bible about one another. Adam and Eve, one another. Do you know that actually God says in the beginning that he actually didn't give Adam dominion, in other words, to, t- to influence the world till the wife was by his side, Eve. You were meant to be side by side together as a family To take dominion in this world, it says that um, them. God said to them to take dominion and rule over the world. Isn't that amazing? Because He knew that one person can't do it by themselves. We've just watched rugby, and we look at people like Borden Barrett. Wow, he is an amazing machine on that that uh, field, rugby field. But do you know what? He's great, but with a team, he's greater. And you were designed to be in a team, the family of God. And all this time, this promise was waiting through the Old Testament all the time. When is the Redeemer coming? Because God wanted to put that awesome F word back into family. And do you know what it was? Father. Father. God was never known as father in the Old Testament till Jesus came. And Jesus said, "What if you've seen me, you have seen the father. Every miracle that Jesus did was displaying the heart of a father. The father heart loves you so much. Every miracle was the father. And John 14 speaks a lot about the father. The promise of Jesus the Redeemer and Savior back in Genesis was all part of God's plan to restore the true meaning of Father back into family. What a relationship we have in Christ, the Father. And you sometimes, like I've said, get into mess, you get into problems. And, you know, I just think when we look at Matthew all through the Old Testament, God is just hanging out to show his father hat to his children. When you get to Matthew, it talks about a genealogy there. And you've got women's names listed there. There are five women. When you look at the five names of the women here, you think you were born into mess? Well, I can tell you, the grace of God, Jesus came through a messy lineage very messy lineage. Tema. Wow. I'm not even going to start on what that was about. You need to read it for yourself. It was messy. Then we come down. Who's next? Rehab. Wow. She was a prostitute and she came to Jesus. She's named in the genealogy of Christ. Then we come down to Ruth. Well, that's another story. She was a Moabite, and the Moabites hated the children of God, and they tried to wipe them out. But she was brought in through grace. Isn't it amazing? She was a foreigner. She might have had Scottish blood in her. Anyway, then it says Uriah's wife. That was Bathsheba. And you know what she did, David and her together? That was messy, very messy. Turn the page. Then we come right down, and it finishes with Mary. Do you know what Mary's name means? Rebellion. Jesus was born to break rebellion. From the garden, the first promise that came in through an act of rebellion against God, the enemy thought he'd won it. And Jesus and in in God, the Father, in his grace, said, It's broken. There is no power. Sin does not have a hold over you now because you are a new creation in Christ. And just as Jesus, which means um, Jesus Christ and the Savior, the Redeemer, the Anointed One, He came in and it was like, stops here. I am cutting off and breaking that curse. Isn't it amazing? Never underestimate the power of a name. You know, it says that Eve, that Adam named Eve, and it says she was the mother of all living. You would think, well, if she's the mother of all living, then wouldn't Adam have the name father of all living? But he doesn't. He's not the father of all living. That's God's place. He is your true father who loves you. And he, Jesus came to reveal the father. Adam's name actually means earthy, which is flesh and from the dirt and soil and Red. Brilliant. Hey, I love the grace of God. Love the grace of God. So, promise. Promises, the power of promise. J- Jesus came to reveal the heart of a father. And you know that the father, in order to prove he's a father, needs to have evidence. So, what does he need evidence of? Sons and daughters. You are sons and daughters in the kingdom of God. And it says in John 1 1, verse 12 that as many as received him, to them he gave the right. You have a right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. You are the sons and daughters of a heavenly father who just loves you, who is for you. So amazing. And do you know what the job of a father is? To encourage and to empower, how do we know that First Corinthians eleven verse three says this, but I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ, the head of the woman is man, and the head of the Christ of Christ is God, right there' is talking about male, female um, Jesus the Son and, and God the Father. That's a family ceiling right there. But do you know what the word head means? It's two meanings there. The first meaning in Greek means origin, like the head of a a river. So the proper interpretation of head here is fountainhead or life source. Your father, your heavenly father, is the life source. Do you know fathers here today, you are the life source of your family You are so blessed, so needed, so wanted. And what else? The second translation means it comes from the idea of the head being the connector and life source to the body. So therefore, the function of the head is to hold the body together and to facilitate growth. That's what the father job is. So the proper function of the head was to give away power, to empower when we are born into Christ, we can do all things. Do you know Jesus said you can do greater than I've done? That's what Jesus said. We are completely empowered in our relationship with our Father, God. And that is so amazing that he wants to empower us to carry out his work here on us. And it's not a competition, He is actually giving us all he has, where we can go further and higher. Isn't it amazing? Do you know my father's just passed away, and they did the DVD for me. And on the front cover, they had something there, and it really touched. uh, It really spoke to me, actually. And the man that did the cover, he wasn't asked to do it, but he put on after my father passed away. He said, "His legacy lives on." And I was like, wow, I am a chip off the old block, really. I am my father's legacy. Isn't it amazing? You are your heavenly father's legacy. He could have come to do it all himself. He could have saved the whole entire world himself, but he chose sons and daughters to carry out this amazing work. Isn't it Amazing. And, you know, as a, as a child, as sons and daughters, we don't need to worry about where, where things come from or what happens or I haven't got any money for this or I can't do this. When, when we say, oh, I want to go to Rainbow's End, Evangeline wants to go to Rainbow's End. She literally doesn't worry about the money to get there. She's like, I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. She loves it. She doesn't have to worry. That's her father's job to worry about the money <laughs> and so this week we were driving back from to school all the way into Kirikiri and she said I told her guess what the buses are full so that means that I'm going to have to drive you and I find it a bit tiring to go there and back in one day so she, want, she wanted to go she wants to go down the night before and she's got this favourite hotel happens to be one of the most expensive hotels that she loves to go to And I had already checked up on this, and it was expensive. And so she says in the car, you know what, Mum? I want to go to such and such a hotel when we go down to Rainbow's End. And I said, you know, I've already checked that out, and it's just a bit much money for us. I just don't feel comfortable paying for that, mate. Paul, yeah, good word right there, Paul says. So right there in the car, do you know what she did? She said, chip off the old block. She went, well, I'm just going to pray about it then right now. So she started to pray and declare that it would be a lot cheaper than what it was when mum had first looked. And then she went, mum, Linda taught us in youth that when you say amen, because I've only ever got told that she does has fun and games every time, but I was like, thank you, Lord. She said, mum... She said, Linda taught us in youth that when you say amen to what I'm praying, that means that two people agree it's a done deal. So it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And I went, really? Well, I'm going to say amen to that. So I said amen. We drove home. For the rest of the day, I forgot about it. And then just before she went to bed, I thought, oh, I've got to check on that. I am going to check about that hotel. I went on, and do you know what? It was over $100, over $100 cheaper. And so I just had to book it. Yes, I had to book it. <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what? The disciples saw many, many miracles of Jesus. They saw him heal. They saw him do so much. But do you know what? They only ever asked him to teach them one thing. Do you know what that was? To pray. And he said, the family connection, our Father, there you go. We've got a loving Heavenly Father. And he said, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. You need to get around people who understand how to bring heaven to earth. Because there's so much that your Father wants to reveal through his sons and daughters. So many promises You remind God of his promises, because when you remind God of his promises, your father, guess what? We can grizzle and we can tell him about the problem, that's okay, but when you tell him about the promises, his promises, he is obligated to come through, he's obligated to come to the party, to fulfill his promise. I tell them sometimes the problems, but then I say, Lord, you promised. This is what you promised. My children might not be going on well, but you promised all my children shall be taught of the Lord. Father, I've got this really big bill I don't know how to pay for, but you promised that if I seek first your kingdom, all the temporal things, which includes the bills, will be paid. It's so cool. I am a living testament of another promise that my mum and I see regularly over my kids, and it's a good one for today when there's so much horrible stuff going around. Where was the promise? I'm just going to find it. It was um, here in uh, Mark 16 verse 17, it says, and these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, verse 18, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. Do you know what I did as a preschooler? I don't know why I did it. I drank so much poison that the doctors said I shouldn't even be here. I just seemed to have a fetish for poison. Mum put it in the cupboard, and it was serious stuff, like cleaning liquids, you'd think my brain as a little preschooler would say, oh no, come on, that's not tasting good, but I just and at the age of one, I actually got drunk on whiskey so bad, it's crazy but in the days when yeah, heaven's above, yes, thank you Lord but what happened, they used to rub whiskey on the gums and I was getting looked after by this woman and she left it there on the bench and guess what I did, I just drunk it and I And so you would think that my insides were totally, but this verse is a promise to me. I am still here today because of this verse. And you know God works all things for good because he was thinking of a future day when Paul would cook my dinner and I I had a hardy stomach. I could cope with it now, you see? So that is why, definitely. Thank you, Lord. We're going to stand up now. We're going to take this song away. The power of promise. Let's stand Just remember, God is the one who has solutions before we make the mess. He is the promise keeper. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome.